Hello, and welcome to the Curious Clubhouse podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jason. And if you're new to the podcast, this is a weekly podcast where I take you on a brief, informative journey into a specific subject or topic that has helped shape and influence today's pop culture. Last week, we talked about our very first comic book superhero known as Black Adam. This week, we are touching yet again on another comic book superhero, this time on the Marvel side of things. This week, we are, of course, talking about the Black Panther in celebration of the brand new Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie that drops only in theaters this Friday. Incidentally, this episode also drops this Friday, so it'll be a nice little companion piece for all you curious MCU fans out there. Uh, So as always, I'll tell you a bit about who the Black Panther is. We'll touch on some of the origins and inspirations for the Black Panther. We'll also go over the comic book version of Black Panther and how it relates to the movie version of Black Panther. When we get to that section, I'll of course issue a light spoiler warning as it concerns the first Black Panther movie. There will of course be no spoilers for the second movie as I have not seen it yet as it's not out. Uh, We'll also, of course, touch on a brand new segment here that I am calling Curious Incarnations, where we will discuss the other versions of the Black Panther as he appears in the comic books. Really excited for that. We'll, of course, also touch on some curious and interesting facts surrounding the Black Panther. And finally, I thought this week we would end this episode by touching on a segment that I am calling Remembering a Hero, where we will talk a little bit about Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, of course, if you're not familiar with who he is, he was the actor who played Black Panther in the very first movie. He, of course, passed away back in 2020 of colon cancer. Uh, He will forever be missed. Rest in peace. He is, of course, always our Black Panther, our Wakandan King. Uh, So I thought we would uh, close out the episode by talking a little bit about his life, a little bit about what the role of Black Panther meant to him and what he hoped to bring to the world by portraying this iconic Marvel character. So without too much further ado, let's dive in here and let's get curious. So who is the Black Panther? Well, Black Panther is a superior warrior granted extra abilities by the Panther God upon proving him or herself worthy in a combat tournament open to all Wakandans. For much of the modern era, T'Challa has worn the mantle of the Black Panther, acting as both Wakanda champion and its king. However, unlike many of his predecessors, T'Challa often eschewed his people's insular nature and journeyed out into the world, masked and unmasked, to become a hero to the entire globe and beyond. Before becoming the Panther, T'Challa was simply the son of Wakanda's King T'Chaka, a previous Black Panther. Unfortunately, his father ran afoul of the vibranium-obsessed Ulysses Claw, who ultimately brought about the King's death. T'Challa would travel the world and study at the best universities, a journey that also united him with Aurora Manru, the young woman who would become Storm. Upon returning to his homeland, T'Challa secretly took part in the open challenge to the current Black Panther, his uncle, Sayan, and defeated him. Upon revealing his true identity, the country reacted first with shock and then adulation as he took his rightful place in the community. Though possessing no innate superpowers, T'Challa is incredibly intelligent with a tactical mind that allows him to see the biggest of big pictures. 
The Black Panther, however, wields enhanced strength and senses, thanks to the special heart-shaped herb reserved solely for the post. The suit, which has changed in a variety of ways over the years, also features vibranium enhancements that absorb impact, making him less susceptible to physical blows or gunshots. More concentrated vibranium pads in the feet and hands allow for easier climbing. So that's a little bit about who the Black Panther is as a character. Now I want to talk a little bit about his homeland, Wakanda. So Wakanda, officially known as the Kingdom of Wakanda, is a small nation in Northeast Africa. Berenian Zena is the capital and largest city. Wakanda stands apart from many nations because of its advanced technological nature and well integrated with centuries old traditions. Intent on keeping to itself for generations, the nation often rebuked visitors while also refraining from interfering in larger world conflicts. Wakanda's greatest natural resource, vibranium, provides Wakanda both independence and technological superiority. The vibration-absorbing metal is cultivated in the Great Mound. The major languages in Wakanda are Wakandan, Yoruba, and Husa, but due to their advanced education system, the people are fluent in a variety of African and European languages. Wakandans also use Swahili, at least for names. Wakanda is also an advanced military power. The Wakanda Army is the country's main ground forces, while the Wakanda Navy oversees naval operations. The Wakanda Air Guard is the nation's air force, which includes pilots wearing powerful suits of combat armor. The Hatut Zariz, which stands for Dogs of War, was formerly the nation's secret police. Although it was officially disbanded, they continue to operate in what they believe is their homeland's best interest. The king is protected by his own personal bodyguards, the Dora Malaje, skilled female warriors who have dedicated their lives to the Black Panther. They have their own intelligence agency known as the Ensharu Salima, a spy network that worked across the globe to maintain the nation's secrecy. It was considered as good as the Mossad and certainly better than the CIA and MI6. They later developed Pride, Princess Regent Intelligence Division Executives, as its protection agency. Wakanda's technology developed entirely independently of that of the rest of the world, due to them remaining in isolation. The creation of the methodologies of design are so different, it's very difficult to use with outside technology. Their computer technology is so advanced that it's almost impossible to hack. However, they have taken time to learn the technology of the rest of the world, allowing them to hack any external computer system. Most of their technology has vibranium as its basis. The Wakandans use advanced communication technology such as the Kiomo card and the Kayamo beads. The Wakandans do not use fossil fuels, even though their land is rich in resources. Instead, they utilize a variety of eco-friendly alternative sources, such as solar, hydrogen, and geothermal. Wakandan scientists split the atom almost a century before the rest of the world. Since the mid-20th century, Wakanda employed sophisticated surveillance satellites launched at a time when the Americans and Soviets were in the early stages of the space program. So it's a lot of information there. There's a lot to Wakanda, uh, from its technolo- technological advances to its security to just its general overall ability 
to be ahead of the curve when it as it pertains to its space program, among other things. Uh, so Wakanda, very advanced technological uh, city there. So there's a lot to it. Uh, there's a lot here that I was not aware of prior to doing my research. For instance, I did not know that they had split the atom almost a century before the United States had even managed to make it to space. Uh, so some really cool stuff here. Uh, also touching on their military aspects, pride I was not aware of. Um, you know, their dogs of war, the Hatut Zerays. Uh, I was not aware of that. A lot of things that Wakanda has uh, under its belt there. Some, some really cool stuff that I thought it was very intriguing to touch on. Uh, so yeah, that's just a little bit about Wakanda, a little bit about its background, its various security features, its various technological advances, and of course, the bulk of which is surrounded by that natural resource known as vibranium. Very cool, very advanced stuff. So now that we know a bit about Wakanda as a country, and as a whole, now let's touch on the origins of the Black Panther character, tell you a little bit about some of the inspiration and its creators. So Black Panther is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. The character was created by writer and editor Stan Lee and artist co-plotter Jack Kirby. The character first appeared in Fantastic Four number 52, whose cover was dated July 1966, in the Silver Age of comic books. Black Panther is the first superhero of African descent in mainstream American comics, having debuted years before early black superheroes such as Marvel Comics' The Falcon in 1969, Luke Cage in 1972, and Blade in 1973 or DC Comics' Jon Stewart in the role of Green Lantern in 1971. The Black Panther's name predates the October 1966 founding of the Black Panther Party, though not the Black Panther logo of the party's predecessor, the Lowden's County Freedom Organization, or LCFO, nor the segregated World War II 761st Black Panthers, Tank Battalion scripter, Stan Lee denied that the comic, which predates the political usage of the term, was or could have been named after any of the political uses of the term. Black Panther, including the LCFO, citing a strange coincidence. He is the first Black Panther, or he is the first Black superhero in American mainstream comic books, as I touched on earlier. Very few black heroes were created before him, and none with actual superpowers. These included the characters in the single-issue Low Distribution All Negro Comics Number no. 1 in 1947, Waku Prince of the Bantu, who starred in his own feature in the omnibus titled Jungle Tales from Marvel's 1950s predecessor, Atlas Comics and the Dell Comics Western character Lobo, the first black person to star in his own comic book. Previous non-caricature black supporting characters in comics include U.S. Army Infantry Private Gabriel Jones of Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. In a guest appearance in the Fantastic Four number 119, published in February 1972, the Black Panther briefly tried using the name Black Leopard to avoid connotations with the party, but the new name did not last. The character's name was changed back to Black Panther in the Avengers number 105, with T'Challa explaining that renaming himself made as much sense as altering the Scarlet Witch's name, and he is not a stereotype. 
So that's a little bit about the origins of Black Panther here. Uh, obviously, I've still got a little bit more here to talk about, but I did want to touch on the fact that his character name had nothing to do with the political party by the same name. Uh, I feel like a lot of people might have initially thought that. I actually, prior to doing my research, thought that it may have had something to do with that, but I am glad that it did not and that it's just pure coincidence. Um, I like the name Black Panther. You know, I when I when I hear Black Panther being the diehard MCU fan I am, I don't initially jump to the political party of Black Panther. When I hear Black Panther, I don't even think about that. I think about the Marvel superhero that we know of today, which I'm sure was the complete intention of Kirby and Stan Lee. Uh, so moving on here, co-creator Stan Lee recounted that the name was inspired by a pulp adventure hero who has a Black Panther as a helper. Jack Kirby's original concept art for Black Panther used the concept named Coal Tiger. Influences on the character included historical figures such as 14th century Malay Empire Sultan Manasa Musa and 20th century Jamaican activist Mark Marcus Garvey, as well as biblical figures such as Ham and Canaan. I really thought that some of the inspiration for the Black Panther character came from biblical figures. I thought that was really awesome. I found it very surprising uh, that that was the case. So definitely really cool, in my opinion, that his some of the inspiration for the character came from some biblical figures. The origin of the idea for the character was disputed by both Kirby and Lee. Jack Kirby claimed sole credit for the creation of the character in the comics, journal number 134, from February 1990, stating that a character or stating that a realization that there were no black characters in his comics demanded some be added for human reasons. Stan Lee claims the character was created by his desire in the mid-60s to include more African and African-American characters in Marvel Comics. While there is no documentation showing which version of the creation is closer to the truth, by 1966, Kirby is thought to have been largely plotting the book on his own and was having to explain the stories to Lee when the pages arrived in Marvel offices. So this I thought was pretty interesting. You have two different disputes on both sides from Lee's perspective and from Kirby's perspective as to where the idea and inspiration for the Black Panther came from. But then you see here that Kirby, towards the end there, was largely plotting the book on his own, as I mentioned, and largely putting these Black Panther stories together by himself, it seems. So just having that information and knowing that, in my personal opinion, I'm personally leaning towards Kirby having sole credit here for the creation and idea around Black Panther. That's my personal opinion. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are MCU fans out there who may disagree with me, and that's okay. You know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Totally cool with that. Uh, I just thought based solely on the fact that Kirby towards the end was basically creating these books on his own, lends a little bit more credence to the fact that he largely came up with the idea of Black Panther. So that's a little bit about the origins and stories surrounding the idea of the Black Panther and his ultimate creation in comics. Now I want to turn your attention to the comics and how they relate to that first Black Panther movie, tell you a little bit about some differences there in adapting from page to screen. 
so while adapting Black Panther into a solo superhero movie, director Ryan Coogler stays relatively faithful to the original Marvel comics, but he does exercise creative license over the source material, and here are some things that happen in the comics that don't make it into the movie. So, number one, T'Challa takes over the throne at a younger age. T'Challa is older in the movies. He's around his 30s than he is in the comic books when he inherits the throne to rule Wakanda. He's actually around his teens or 20s when he becomes king in the comics, depending on which version you read. In Captain America Civil War, T'Challa's father dies during a terrorist attack orchestrated by Helmut Zemo at the Vienna International Center. Upon returning to Wakanda, T'Challa becomes king immediately. The story goes a little differently in the comics. King T'Chaka dies at the hands of Ulysses Claw in the comics. After he dies, his brother Essien takes over as the leader of Wakanda until T'Challa is old enough for the role. Uh, so a little bit of difference uh, in regards to how the Black Panther T'Challa takes control of Wakanda and becomes king in the comics as it pertains to the movie. I myself like the way that they transitioned him into the role of king in the movie. I, of course, haven't read any mainstream Black Panther comic books myself, so I was pleasantly surprised to find out this difference. I, the only exposure I've had to T'Challa's Panther in the comics is, of course, in the Avengers run that I'm currently reading. Uh, so moving on here... Difference number two, Eric Killmonger grows up in Wakanda in the movie. Kugler gives a shout out to his hometown and the birthplace of the revolutionary Black Panther Party, no less that we touched on earlier, in Oakland, California. It's where Killmonger's father, King T'Chaka's brother, falls in love with an American woman and has him. Killmonger grows up in Oakland, where he becomes determined to avenge his father's death. The comics have a slightly less sweet backstory. In the comics, Killmonger is a Wakanda native. He only resides in Harlem because his family becomes exiled from Wakanda after T'Challa learns that Killmonger's father has been working with Claw. Wakanda native or not, we're still swooning over Michael B. Jordan's charismatic villain. And I have to agree, I loved Michael B. Jordan's portrayal of Killmonger. Me personally, I don't think they could have cast a better actor for that role, especially when you get towards the end of the, that first Black Panther movie and you check out the chemistry between Michael B. Jordan's uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. They do a phenomenal job with their fight sequences. Their chemistry is on point, and it's his portrayal of Killmonger is just fantastic, in my opinion. Uh, so another difference here, Nakia is a jealous lover. Nakia and T'Challa's love story is fairly lighthearted and fun in the movie. Their exes, who are on good terms, which shows through Chadwick Boseman and Lapita Nyong'o's easy chemistry. Things take a bitter turn in the comics, whereas we see T'Challa crushing on Nakia in the movie, it's the reverse situation in the comics. Nakia is a jealous lover who becomes exiled from Wakanda when she plots to kill the king's ex-girlfriend. She even teams up with Killmonger and adapts the name Malice as her villainous alter ego. Now, this I was surprised to find. Again, I haven't had a lot of Black Panther exposure as far as the comics are concerned, so I was very surprised to know that in the comics, Nakia basically becomes a villain 
and adapts the alter ego of Malice. So really cool arc there, I think. I, again, I'm, I'm really cool with the movie side of things. I love the approach that they took in the movie and, you know, kind of had them swooning over each other in the movie. So really cool, but also cool that she does have a villainous side in the comic side of things. So that's just a few of the various creative differences that Ryan Coogler took for the movie of Black Panther as it relates to his comic version of Black Panther. So now that we've touched on that, now I want to introduce you to a brand new segment for this episode. Again, that I am calling it Curious Incarnations. I'm going to talk to you a bit about some other versions of the Black Panther character as they show up in comic books. Uh, so the first incarnation here, known as Coal Tiger, one of Jack Kirby's early designs for Black Panther was radically different from his final costume. That design also came with a different code name for T'Challa in Avengers 1963, number 355. Readers met Coal Tiger, a refugee from an alternate world where there was no Black Panther nor even a Wakanda. Regardless, this T'Challa was still an honorable man. So, Cole Tiger, very interesting version of the Black Panther character there. But another version, the Gat, or excuse me, the Gatherers rescued Cole Tiger from his doomed world and attempted to save his life at the expanse of Black Panther's existence. In issue number 356, Cole Tiger refused to take part in their plans, even though he knew it would cost him his only chance to live. The T'Challa of our world embraced his doppelganger as a hero and gave him a final resting place in Wakanda. So super, super awesome there for Cole Tiger. You know, I, it sounds like the that version of Black Panther was very honorable, honorable. He was very noble and he knew what was right. He knew what was wrong. He knew what he believed in. And I think it's awesome that our version that we have now, T'Challa's Black Panther, honored that and gave him a final resting place in Wakanda. Really, really cool there, in my opinion. So another incarnation that we have here, and arguably a really, really awesome one in my opinion, is known as Ghost Panther. During Infinity Wars 2018, Gamora did what Thanos could not. She used the Infinity Stones to cut the universe's population in half without killing anyone. If you remember, Thanos chose to do that by wiping out half the population. Gamora took a different approach and did the exact same thing without killing anyone. Instead, she merged everyone into someone else. In Infinity Wars 2018 number 3, Black Panther and Ghost Rider were combined into Ghost Panther. Within the new combined timeline, Johnny Blaze was just an alias for T'Challa, who left Wakanda behind and became a stunt driver. When T'Challa died in an accident, the demonic Zarathos offered him the chance to return to life and avenge the murder of his father. Soon after, T'Challa becomes Ghost Panther, and he consumes the soul of his father's killer. So, really, really awesome version of the Black Panther character there. I, I hope someday, I'm not holding my breath, but I would love to see the Ghost Panther in the MCU and watch that on screen. Uh, I think it would be really, really cool. Honestly, it would be really awesome if that version showed up in the Avengers Secret Wars movie that's coming down the pipe here uh, in a little while. I doubt that happens, but it would really make for an awesome screen debut, in my opinion. So another incarnation we have here, T'Challa Odinson. 
The Warp World survived after Infinity Wars 2018, but it was radically changed yet again. In the Secret Warps storyline, within Secret Warps, Arch Knight Annual Number 1, Ghost Panther, and Stark Odinson, the combination of Tony Stark and Thor, were merged into T'Challa's Odinson's new alter ego, Ghost Hammer. Consequently, Ghost Hammer's new uniform borrowed elements from Iron Man, Ghost Rider, Thor, and Black Panther. So that's absolutely insane in my opinion. First of all, you have a Ghost Panther. If that's not insane enough, now you have a version of the Black Panther who is not only merged with Ghost Rider, but merged with Thor and Iron Man to make T'Challa Odinson. Really, really crazy. I mean, honestly, there's nothing they won't do in comics. I mean, it is just absolutely insane in my opinion. And it only gets crazier from there. So incarnation number four here, Zombie Black Panther. Loving this, Black Panther was one of the few heroes who emerged from Marvel Zombies 2005 without being transformed into a zombie himself. However, he wasn't as lucky in Marvel Zombies 2 in 2007. Number one, T'Challa was fatally wounded by an assassin and Zombie Wasp realized the only way to save the Black Panther was to infect him with the same virus that had changed her. Despite becoming a zombie, Black Panther continued to defend his people against the malevolent Galactus-empowered zombies until he was exiled to another universe. Even in Marvel Zombies Return, T'Challa still fought for justice before his untimely end. Now, this I, I was somewhat familiar with. I have read a little bit of the original Marvel Zombies series as well as the original Marvel Zombies 2. I haven't read all of it, but I did read the Marvel Zombies Return series that they came out with. It was absolutely fantastic. And again, I I think it's really noble and really awesome. I think it really speaks to T'Challa's character in the sense that even though he was infected, he still remained enough of his humanity to fight for his people and defend his people against Galactus. If you can be infected by a zombie virus and have, you know, mo for most people, when you become infected and become a zombie, you have no humanity left. You have no remnants or remains of who you once were. But despite being infected, T'Challa was the exception to that rule. You know, he was able to retain some of his core being and ultimately still defend his homeland, which I found to be awesome. Really, really amazing. And it just speaks to the level of incredible character that T'Challa is as a person. So incarnation number five here, the ultimate Black Panther, the ultimate Marvel Universe featured a very different take on T'Challa's origin story. As related in Ultimate Captain America Annual 2008 number one, T'Challa failed to pass the Black Panther trials in Wakanda and he suffered near fatal injuries. To save his life, T'Challa's family allowed him to be taken by Weapon X, the same organization that created Wolverine. As a result, T'Challa received artificial claws and other enhancements. Black Panther was later freed from Weapon X's influence by Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. However, Fury didn't allow T'Challa to return home. Out of respect for a fellow warrior, Captain America took Black Panther's place and let him go back to Wakanda. 
So that's really, really amazing in my opinion. You have the ultimate Black Panther, and it's kind of like, it, you know, if you're familiar with Wolverine, as I just mentioned, he is infused, his skeleton is infused with adamantium by Weapon X, which gives him the really sharp steel claws and ultimately the adamantium exoskeleton. So it sounds like here, Black Panther su suffered some of that similar treatment. So now he has the metal claws and the metal skeleton there giving him the appearance of Ultimate Black Panther, which is really cool. And like I said, there is nothing that they won't do in comic books. You know, they do whatever they want. And they come up with some really cool different incarnations here for the Black Panther. Uh, so another incarnation, and uh, as I'm sure you've realized by now, there are quite a few of them. Uh, the Earth-X Black Panther. Black Panther's counterpart in Earth-X was very similar to the original T'Challa. He even married Storm years before she and T'Challa exchanged vows in the main Marvel Universe. The key difference between the two Black Panthers showed itself when humanity at large was mutated by the Terrigen Mists. T'Challa transformed into a humanoid panther, and many of his countrymen were also changed into human-animal hybrids. T'Challa took this as a sign that the transformations were the will of Wakandan's gods. So that's how we end up with the Earth-X Black Panther. Man, so many different incarnations of the Black Panther character here. And some of these are just really, really incredible. And so number seven here, Spider T'Challa. Arguably, this is probably my favorite. Secret Wars 2015 revealed previously unseen timelines in the Marvel multiverse where major events played out differently. In Spider Island 2015, readers discovered a world where heroes, villains, and ordinary people remain mutated with Spider-Man-like abilities. Spider T'Challa made his debut in Spider Island number two, and he had six arms to go along with his additional spider powers. So now we have a cross between Spider-Man and Black Panther in Spider T'Challa. Really, really cool. And like I mentioned before, I hope that we get to see some of these alternate versions of Black Panther at some point in the MCU down the road. I think it would be really, really awesome to see. And finally here, the final incarnation of Black Panther that we have is Vibranium Man, and he is the newest incarnation. Avengers Forever 2021 number six will introduce yet another version, and of course this was in 2021, so we have been introduced to this. It, they introduced another version of T'Challa in this timeline. Killmonger used the Asgardian Destroyer armor to lay waste to Wakanda with his access to the Black Panther legacy forever shattered. T'Challa will take up the mantle of Vibranium man to avenge his family and his country and t'challa's vibranium man armor has some features that may be put that may put iron man to shame uh, so that's really interesting again i haven't read any of the main black panther comics so i was not aware of some of these various incarnations thus i was not aware of vibranium man so i think it will be really interesting i'm gonna have to look into this really interesting to see vibranium man in action and to see how that version ultimately differs from the Black Panther that we know of today. Uh, so again, that's just some various versions of the Black Panther character as he shows up in the Marvel multiverse of comic books. Now I want to touch on, of course, some curious and interesting facts surrounding the Black Panther. 
So curious fact at number one here, he was married to Storm. As we know, you may know Storm from X-Men, but you may not know that she met T'Challa, aka Black Panther, a long time ago and that they are childhood friends. After reconnecting and falling in love, both got married in an elaborate Wakandan ceremony surrounded by their superhero allies. Unfortunately, all good things come to an end. When Namor attacked Wakanda, Black Panther wanted to focus more on being a king for the Civil War. Hence, the marriage was annulled in 2012. So really cool to learn that Storm and Black Panther were once an item. They were once married. So really cool to learn that. Was not aware of that prior to doing my research. Curious fact number two here, Bozeman chose to use an African accent in the film. Bozeman, the star of Black Panther, decided to use an African accent in the film because he did not want to give the wrong idea that to be a ruler of Africa, you will need foreign education. This is especially so since Africa was colonized by many European countries for a long time in history. So that's really, really amazing. Again, it just speaks to the amazing person that Chadwick Boseman was, you know, he ultimately chose to use the African accent in the film, you know, to not give people the wrong idea. And I just so honorable of him he was such an amazing man. He will forever be missed for sure. Curious fact number three here, Black Panther was the first black superhero character in mainstream comics like we touched on at the beginning of the episode. Despite the appearances of other black characters before T'Challa, Black Panther was the first black character with superpowers to appear in comics. This was way before DC's Green Lantern and Black Lightning. In fact, Black Panther is the pioneer for black characters to start holding prominent roles in the comic industry. Since then, your everyday familiar comic heroes such as Falcon, Storm, and Luke Cage have started holding more outstanding roles in comics. And, you know, prior to discovering this, you know, this, again, just speaks to the importance of Chadwick Boseman wanting to play the character because he's ultimately bringing a character to life who helped redefine the comic industry by introducing the black, first black superhero, which is just super amazing and had to be super meaningful to Chadwick Boseman. And portraying that character. Uh, so love hearing and reading that. So curious fact number four, his superpowers come from a heart-shaped herb, which we've also touched on here previously. Grown and found only in Wakanda, the heart-shaped herb that gave Black Panther his superpowers are definitely one of a kind. Some myths say that the herb was a gift from the Panther God, but it is actually a mutated herb due to long exposure to the vibranium metal. Only a few Wakandans can use it to gain strength, speed, healing abilities, and endurance. You will be surprised at how powerful this herb is, gifting the user with superhero senses, night vision, and the ability to hear their enemy's heartbeat. On the other hand, others will only be poisoned and have terrible side effects after consuming it. So only certain people can ingest the heart-shaped herb, it seems. I thought anyone who was chosen to be king could ingest the herb, but as it stands here, it actually seems like even if you are chosen to be king of Wakanda and you earn that right, there's a good possibility that the herb could reject you and you could ultimately become really sick from ingesting it. Very interesting to note there. Uh, curious fact number five, he owns a PhD in physics, 
really cool, Black Panther is not only strong physically, but mentally as well. With a PhD in physics from Oxford University, T'Challa is an expert in advanced technology and weaponry, even to the point of reverse engineering bombs that could potentially destroy the entire planet. Really, really cool there, but also very dangerous. I mean, look at, think about this. You have T'Challa, you have Black Panther, who with a heart-shaped herb is not already super powerful, super agile, and, you know, super strength, super speed, all these powers, but mentally he's also super, super smart to the point that he could reverse engineer a bomb that could destroy the entire planet. That combo alone makes for a very, very dangerous adversary in my opinion. Definitely not somebody to be trifled with. So that's just a few very interesting facts, very curious facts, pun intended, for all of you curious people out there surrounding the Black Panther. I thought there were some really interesting, interesting ones there. Uh, now, finally, to close out this week's supersized episode, I want to touch on a new segment that I've added here that, again, I'm entitling Remembering a Hero. I want to talk to you a little bit about Chadwick Boseman, tell you a little bit about his life, talk to you a little bit about what playing the character of Black Panther meant to him. And again, super emotional here. I uh, love Chadwick Boseman, was super saddened, as was most of the world, to hear about his passing in 2020. Uh, so to give him proper send-off, in my personal opinion, you know, for me, for this episode, want to talk a little bit about Chadwick Boseman here. So in 2017, Chadwick Boseman lit up the cover of CNET magazine as he prepared for a record-breaking lead role in Marvel's Black Panther. This movie is about how you use power. What do you do when you get power, he said. The only difference between a hero and the villain is that the villain chooses to use that power in a way that is selfish and hurts other people. Bozeman died August 28, 2020, after fighting colon cancer for four years. He played a number of historical figures, including Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall, as well as inspiring a generation as king of Marvel's unconquered African nation, Wakanda. It's just this tremendous opportunity, the actor said when discussing the instantly iconic character. There's no way in the world you're going to say no, because there's a lot of opportunity for magic to happen. Having played the leader of Wakanda's technologically advanced utopia, Bozeman hoped for new ways to advance society. If we're going to build a rocket to go to outer space, how do we do that in a way where it doesn't destroy the Earth? He asked. How do you live in a society that doesn't need weapons at all? How can we advance in this computer age without having landfills filled with the parts from those things? Bozeman was raised in Anderson, South Carolina and attended college at Howard University and Washington, D.C. before attending New York City's Digital Film Academy. The talented actor received assistance from famous mentors along the way, including the Cosby Show star Felicia Rashad, who was one of his teachers at Howard, and Denzel Washington, who paid for Bozeman and a few of his Howard classmates to attend the Oxford Midsummer Program of the British American Drama Academy in England, to which they had been accepted. So just, again, really inspirational Chadwick Boseman. You know, he wanted to play the character of Black Panther, but not, not just play him to play this character, but he wanted to illustrate, you know, ways that we could better the planet, you know? And he hoped that by playing this iconic character, you know, it would inspire people to recognize 
different ways of doing that. And it's just absolutely amazing in my opinion. You know, the more I read about Chadwick Boseman, the more I, uh, the more amazed I am, as I am sure the rest of the world was as well, at just how amazing a person this guy was. And, you know, again, being able to work directly with, you know, Denzel Washington and Rashad, you know, having those influences as part of his life uh, did nothing but help, in my opinion. And I just want to talk a little bit about here what Washington and Rashad had to say about Bozeman, uh, you know, about Bozeman as a character and as a person. So Washington talked about Bozeman in September when he participated in a virtual panel alongside filmmaker Barry Levinson at the Toronto International Film Festival, sharing that he shed a tear when he watched Black Panther for the first time. He remembered Bozeman as a gentle man, a very, very gentle soul, he said. A great talent, obviously. The two ended up working together on Bozeman's final film, Miss Rainey's Black Bottom, which Bozeman starred in and Washington produced. So, huge influence for Denzel Washington, it seems here. So, just absolutely incredible. And Rashad also referred to Bozeman as gentle in an interview with E.T. in October. I remember his smile in a gentle way, she said. I remember his unending curiosity and his love of study, studying many things all the time. When I look back on his body of film work, and I have been able to see quite a bit of it in these last few weeks, it never ceases to amaze me how very different he is in each and every role. And the differences are subtle. They are not sweet-rolled. They are not... manipulated they are not contrived he presents a real person and persona in every character he plays she later recalled how happy he was about helping others when he came to new york after graduating from howard university one day he called me all excited oh miss rashad you will never guess what i am doing she recalled noting that she initially thought he'd landed a big broadway gig you know, you know what he was doing? He was working with young people at the library, and he was excited about it. That's who Chadwick Boseman was. And just, man, I, I get teared up, you know, reading that. Just super inspirational, Chadwick Boseman. An amazing, amazing man. And an amazing, amazing king of Wakanda. You know, he will forever be our king. He will forever be in our hearts. He will forever be Black Panther rest in peace Chadwick Boseman and that's it guys that is episode number seven of the curious clubhouse on all things Black Panther I hope that you guys enjoyed it I of course I loved doing this episode I thought it only appropriate to do an episode like this with the brand new Black Panther movie Wakanda Forever coming out this Friday sure to be an emotional ride for me as it will be for all Marvel fans out there Again, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that it was very informative for you as always. And of course, if you love what I'm doing here, if you love this show, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. That's so important as it helps us get new listeners. It helps us get recognized and it helps us bring you new content each and every week. And of course, if you could, Apple Podcasts, even if that's not your listening platform of choice, if you could hop on over there, leave a quick review about the show. That really helps us out as well. And again, thank you guys so much. Look forward to next week where we're changing things up here and we're going to talk about the Predator franchise, specifically Arnold Schwarzenegger's portrayal in the Predator franchise. So changing things up here, switching gears, really looking forward to that episode as well. So look out for that. 
Stay amazing, you guys. Thank you guys again so much for listening. And as always, stay curious.